Thank you, Brother Terry. My goodness, what a message in that in that song. Well, if you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at this chapter and verse in just a few minutes, but we'll look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. You can go ahead and find that if you would. This morning I'm going to share final message in a series of messages. Uh, three weeks ago, I began a sermon series entitled, I Am In. I Am In. And the series focused on the past and the present sufferings of the persecuted church. When the Islamic militant when they moved into a community or a town or a city in the Middle East, they identified the houses and the businesses and the churches of Christians with this Arabic N. You see that on the screen. It's an Arabic N. It's a letter N in Arabic. And uh, that letter is translated Nun, N-U-N, or Noon, N-O-O-N, or Nazareth. And the N identifies those who are Christians, meaning that the person in this house, or the people in this home, they're followers of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You would find that letter, the first wave of the militants that would come through would put those letters on homes, they'd put them on Christian businesses, and they'd put those letters on church doors. And along with this identification came an ultimatum, or, or four ultimatums, really. Number one, you, you renounce Christ, or you uh, pay a heavy tax, or you leave your home and all of your belongings, or be executed. And since 2002, over one million Christians have been executed. And by the way, there have been more Christians executed in the past 100 years than all total years combined of Christianity. Thousands and thousands and thousands have left their homes, and they've become wanderers, depending on nothing more but just the faithfulness of God uh, to protect them, and to provide for them, to provide shelter for them, provide food, to provide clothing, or any necessity that they might have. Hebrews 10 verse 23 just says this, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he, for God, is faithful that promised. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves We've asked ourselves for the last couple of weeks and again today, am I in? Am I in? Am I a Christian? Am I truly a believer? Now Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. And I have problems at times with people telling me that, yes, I'm a Christian and it's really not manifested in their lives. So we need to make sure 
before we leave here today, that we can honestly say, Amen. Amen, Brother Sammy. Amen. I've honestly trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. We noticed in the first sermon that a true follower of Jesus Christ must be willing to sacrifice. I am in, and I'm willing to sacrifice. To lay down their time, to lay down their witness, to lay down their spiritual gifts, their natural abilities, and even more than those, to lay down their very life if need be. Romans 12, verse 1, the scripture says, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So I am in, willing to sacrifice. You willing to sacrifice? Even to the point of giving your life for the cause of Christ? Now we may think, today that that would never be asked of us, but we really don't know. Last week we looked at to be in is to be strong and courageous. And we found that in order to be strong and courageous that we have to stand on His promises, that we have to sense His presence, that we have to stay the path, and that we have to start the process Sacrifice, courage, and today we want to think about I am in faithfulness. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. If you would look at that passage of Scripture as we look at it together. Just one verse. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always, abounding in the work of the Lord, for as, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you would, I'd like for you to see this little video clip about persecuted church, testimony of some of those that are being persecuted right now. These people, these Christians, they're our family. So when we saw them in this situation, we started to provide them with food, clothing, shelter. We brought them supplies who were donated to the Voice of the Martyrs and prepared by volunteers at our ministry. As I met with the people and as I provided them with aid, the thought kept going through my mind. Each of them had a choice. They could have kept their future, their homes, all their possessions, but they chose to sacrifice them instead of denying Christ. This life that I have, it's not anymore belong to me. It's belonged to Christ, belonged to Jesus. I have given all my life to him, and he's using me in incredible ways. So really, when I think about it, even in these days when I'm facing difficulties, when I get caught by police, Nothing is affecting me. Nothing can stop me from what I'm doing because I know that he's protecting me. Well, I used to be a pastor in, in, in my church in Mosul. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm taking care of my church members. And we are uh, doing uh, refugee work, you know, relief to the displaced people. There's major need for 
for places to live. There are some people live in uh, unfinished buildings, unfinished, unfinished houses, without windows, without doors. When people fled to Erbil and other places, they were on the ground, they were in parks, they were in church meeting halls, they were anywhere. So as soon as we could, we started putting them in partially constructed buildings, uh, people's homes, churches, really anywhere we could to give them some shelter, and they were packed. Everything you can imagine from an awning to a fellowship hall, completely full of people, just to get them out of the sun, just to get them a place to sleep at night. And this is the day God has given us to work and uh, to help and to reach the people Let's out for Jesus Christ. Let's think about this just Christ for a moment. We thought about all those people, and as we think about all of their needs, with all that was going on in their life, they were still willing to be faithful to the cause of Christ. About three things I want to mention to you this morning. The first thing is this in regards to our faithfulness. We need to remember that persecution will come. Anyone who follows Jesus and serves him faithfully will pay a price. Anyone. Matthew chapter 5, just jot this verse down. Matthew 5 verse 11 says this. It says, Blessed are ye then... Or when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Then Matthew chapter 10, Matthew 10, verse 22. Listen to God's word, Matthew 10, verse 22. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. And so we need to first remember that persecution is going to come. Anyone who follows Jesus and serves Him faithfully will be persecuted. It doesn't matter if we live in a community controlled by uh, an Islamic uh, extremist or whose primary purpose to, is to eradicate Christianity or if we live in the nation that we live in today where we have this political freedom to practice our faith we're thought of from time to time as being right-winged and being fanatics and wanting to rob people of their social rights. But Jesus knew that all of this would, would be this way. He knew that. He warned us that we're going to be persecuted. He knew that uh, the devil would tempt us to doubt God. He knew that the devil would, would try to cause us to have fear in the circumstances that we were in. Or find ourselves in. Jesus knew that, uh, that uh, the devil would have us to try to choose an easy path over a difficult path. And that ultimately the devil would try to cause us to deny Christ. Jesus knew that. And he warned us that persecution is going to come. It's not easy living the Christian life. So first of all, persecution is going to come. But secondly, I noticed that God calls everyone who commits to follow Jesus to be faithful despite the forces that oppose us. He wants us to be faithful. The Apostle Paul knew that, that he was going to be persecuted for Jesus. Listen to what he says in Acts chapter 20. Just mark this verse down. Verse 22 says this. Acts 20 verse 22. He says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, 
Say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of, of the grace of God. Now, that's amazing to me that Paul knew what was ahead of him. He knew that he was going to be in chains. He knew that he was going to be in prison. He was going to put in, be put in bondage. But still he was willing to be faithful in doing what God had called him to do. So persecution is going to come. And God calls us to remain faithful. But I want you to jot down, your reward will be worth it all. And I appreciate Terry singing uh, just a few minutes ago about at times we think that, you know, we've not done well for the Lord, but then there's going to come a time where God will reward us for our work. And He sees things different, perhaps, than we see things. And the question that I've asked myself time and time and time again, Lord, how can our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted uh, even unto death be so calm and be so happy and be so... Uh, unafraid and be so content while facing death or, or sleeping in an abandoned warehouse or, or some tent city with very little food or very little uh, water or practically no medical supplies whatsoever. How can they be so content? If you would, look back at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and let's look at that verse. He says, Therefore... My beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Now, to understand the text, we have to understand the context. And the context of 1 Corinthians 15, 58, is about questions. Well, really, verses 1 through 58 is about questions that's concerning the resurrection of the body. And Paul talks about the resurrection of the body. And then he brings us up to verse 58, and he says, Therefore, therefore, because of the previous verses about the resurrection of the body, because of those verses where we're going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye there in verse 52, because of the verse that says that we're going to be, have true experience, true victory over the sting of death, because of the verse that, that testifies of victory over the strength of sin, the defeat of the strength of sin in my life, and that, that sin loses all of its domination in my life. I don't have to worry about the presence of sin, the power of sin in my life. I'll never be around sin anymore when I'm resurrected from the grave. The Scripture, speaking about all of this being brought about by our Lord Jesus Christ, Verse 57, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing these promises are true. Knowing all of these promises are true. But then I'm going to remain faithful. Paul said, knowing all these promises are true, you need to remain faithful. Now notice this verse. He says, therefore, based on what's been said prior, he says, my beloved brethren. And so he's, he's speaking to the brethren. He's speaking about the change that's going to be happening to the believers, the beloved brethren. 
He's speaking about the changes that are going to take place to these genuine believers, those that are in Christ, the dearly beloved or the dear brethren. And the point is this, the promises of the first resurrection and a changed body is not for the unbeliever. All those verses prior to verse 58, those changes are going to take place in the believer's life. And so he says, therefore, my beloved brethren. Then he says, be steadfast. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Steadfast. Don't let nothing move you. Whatever you're going through. Ever how you're being persecuted. Don't let that move you. Don't let that distract you. Be steadfast. Be fixed. Be determined. Be purposed. Be faithful. Be like a ship that's stuck on a sandbar. And it just won't move. Whatever you do, he says, be steadfast. So we're to be fixed in our belief and we're to be fixed in our labor. Notice, he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be be unmovable. Always, always, he says, abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be fixed. Be determined to live for the Lord. Be determined to carry out His purpose. His purpose is to win a lost world to Him. So we're to to stand like a, a solid rock, steadfast, determined, sure, unmovable, unmovable. Always, notice, abounding in the work of the Lord. The word abounding there literally means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond what God expects out of us. Sometimes we do what God expects us, but to abound in the Lord is to go beyond what He expects us to do. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. That word uh, uh, work is the same work for labor. It's kapas. It means toiling and working to the, to the point of exhaustion. Working for the Lord to the point of exhaustion. Working... For the Lord to the point of fatigue, to the point of collapse. I don't know any Baptist around here is working to the point of collapse. But that's what he says we need to be doing. That's how we need to be laboring for the Lord. And notice the word always. He says always abounding. Always, never ceasing, never stopping, never slacking up, never quitting, never retiring. Now, you may retire from your physical work, but you don't retire in the Lord's work. Somebody asked me from time to time, when are you going to retire? I'm not going to retire. The Lord has called me to always abound in the work of the Lord. And not only does He expect that out of me, but He expects that out of all of us. So the word always very important. Always abounded in the work of the Lord. You say, well, Brother Sammy, why be faithful? Let me tell you. He says, because your labor, your faithfulness, your labor, your work is not in vain. It's not in vain. In vain means left empty. The word in vain means unrewarded. Your, your labor, your work is not left empty. It's not left unrewarded. You're going to be rewarded. You're going to, give, you're going to be given an imperishable body, an immortal body, an incorruptible body, an incorruptible life with the Lord Jesus. 
And so these promises should cause us to want to be faithful unto death. I'm in, willing to sacrifice even unto death. I am in, willing to be strong and courageous. I'm in, willing to be faithful. Because I know persecution's coming. And I know we're going to be called, to be called on to be faithful. And I know the reward is going to be worth it all. And so let me ask you this morning. Are you in? Are you in? Now you, you can't be both. You can't be in and out. Jesus said you're either for me or you're against me. Are you in? Are you faithful? Are you faithful? Let's have a word of prayer together. As we pray this morning, we're going to pray for uh, the persecuted church and then we're going to pray for ourselves that we'll be faithful as they are being faithful. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had to come before you and just learn about the persecution our Christian families experiencing at the hands of the Islamic extremists. We ache for them and their suffering. We're blessed by their faithfulness. And we're excited by the ways that they're accomplishing your work on earth through very difficult circumstances. May we be willing and may we be faithful partners with them. May our stand for you be strong that we too will be labeled in Father, speak to our hearts, we pray. Allow your Holy Spirit to share with us in the areas that we need to have you to change us. May we be willing, may we be submissive to your Holy Spirit as you speak to our heart and our life this morning. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning.